Collegiate Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 211. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross. Welcome back to the L5J Studios, kids. Guess what? Today is, today is Fan Expo. That's right, kids. Today we begin our Fan Expo 2016 Extravaganza Special. You know, we're bringing it to you every year from deep down in the trenches, as we will be doing this year. So I'll be heading downtown shortly to pick up Mr. Dan Mendoza, Mr. Anthony Rutgazer, and bringing them on down to the convention center to sell some comic books. It's going to be good times indeed. So to start this party, i got a little present for you. Uh, this is the third episode I'm dropping in like a week. I hope you heard part one and part two of my conversation with Mr. Aaron Broverman. It was super good times hearing the tale of of his life <clears throat> epic three-hour pod please all enjoy it he's an incredible journalist and an incredible dude uh this little special for you got a little punk rock pod to drop for you i sat down and had a conversation with a few of the fellas from the hog town horror anthology which is a very very cool anthology all about horror from Hogtown. Obviously, uh, I sat down for a conversation with Mark Fu, Christopher Yao, Peter Harish, and Derek Chow. Uh, we hung out at the Sidekick Comic Book Cafe and Lounge in beautiful Leslieville, downtown Toronto, Ontario, and we had a conversation. Uh, it's a little muddled up because we're in a cafe and there's a really rude woman beside us for the first couple of minutes talking very loud, even though she could completely see that we had microphones and we're in fact recording a conversation, but whatever, eventually she shuts up and goes away. But, uh, you know, it's a little muffly, but you can hear everything. The hardest thing to hear is me, but I'm also the loudest, so you can hear me, just not as well as the others. And I'm the least important person you want to hear on this podcast because these are some talented, talented fellows who are putting together one hell of an anthology with a whole bunch of other folks. So, here's my present to you to begin Fan Expo 2016. Uh, this is a chat with a few of the fellas from the Sidekick Cafe about the Hog Town Horror Anthology. The Kickstarter is presently on. They're doing doing very, very, very well. Please go and support. Support all these amazing artists. Support Toronto Comics. Support Horror Comics. Support it all. Just be supportive, damn it. This world needs more support. All right, here we go. Mark Fu, Christopher Yao, Peter Harish, and Derek Chow. All contributors to the Hogtown Horror Anthology. Please enjoy. So what's your format? My yeah. format? I actually have not listened to your podcast before because it's an asshole. Good. And I'm surprised you uh, this is, this is my format. How's it going, guys? All right, cool. Have fun. That works. Sure. Yeah. Uh, why don't you each, uh, so I don't have to individually introduce yourselves? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm Mark Fu. I am one of the editors on the book. I'm the editor who does the least because I just push all the work on this. Okay. I also uh, contribute to the story. Uh, my name is Peter Arsh. I'm one of the writers for, for the anthology, and uh, this is my first project, so I'm just trying to get, get to know everybody here. I'm uh, Derek Chow. I also wrote and um, illustrated a story 
in the project. Uh, this is my first anthology, so I'm excited to be part of it. One of the artists on, uh, on the anthology actually did the art for a couple of stories in the book. And, uh, you saved our bacon. Huh? You yeah, saved our bacon a little bit. How do you do that? Um, there was a couple of, uh, how can I put this politically? Uh, oh, it got political. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, it was just a case of uh, some artists going AWOL and kind of disappearing completely and us needing someone to jump in and help out. Yeah, sort of. It was, yeah. I was kind of surprised that um, we had, and especially because I think, I, my understanding from the, the Toronto comics, there weren't really any major dropouts like that. I think we had two or possibly three situations where a team fell apart or something fell through. We also, by the way, had at least one bout of pneumonia. Uh, I think there was a divorce that might have happened and um, somebody else got like critically ill during the making of this thing. So I kind of think that there's some sort of like curse on us. Maybe some kind of like spooky, you know, magic. Yeah, like yeah. a monkey paw. Totally. <laughs> but it's coming along right now, and you're like knock on wood. So making it happen. Um, so essentially, what happened was Mike and Nelson from Toronto Comics. I think they got tired of the Toronto Comics milieu of just like it's a Toronto based stories and we want to try something different, strike out on our own, um, do something else. And so they approached me and said, are you interested in editing a book? And I was like, I don't know, that sounds like work. But I somehow signed on anyway. And then um, we threw around ideas. I think they had an initial idea of, um, they thought about doing something superhero related, not a superhero book. I think something about like a, so you know, when the Avengers like get together and then they fly off on, into space to like solve some sort of critical cosmic <laughs> problem, I think the story was basically that. But back in the city on the planet, like what happens in town now that everyone's left? And basically, the villains just are like, uh, "Is it a free for all?" I think it's a free for all, and that was the kind of idea, um, which is a cool idea. But um, for an anthology, it's really specific. Yeah. Like, well, you know what that really, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Anthony Hurricane's MasterCard? No. He's a Toronto writer here. We don't yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, his book, The First Hero, actually lasts. Oh, yeah, I heard of the book. Yeah, the whole idea behind that is if uh, anybody who gets superpowers then, goes criminally insane. Right. So there's no superheroes, it's only a world full of supervillains. Villains. And then this one guy gets powers. It doesn't go nuts. Just to, like, keep his head so it's a really intriguing story. You should. Yeah. So apparently it's so specific that like a guy's already made a good comic out of it. So, <laughs> but yeah, basically it was just a case of you know that sounds really specific. What other interests do we have? We started like throwing things around, um, and I don't remember why, but the idea of a horror comic came out, and uh, there's some fascination in that from all three of us. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like scary stories. Um, and that was basically it. Like, okay, let's do it. And then I don't know who came up with the title, Hogtown Horror. 
It's great. Alliteration, right? The floor's not actually too bad in Chicago. There's certain areas I've been to where horror is the like like Michigan for some reason. Yeah, Montreal has a pretty good horror scene too. Um, Although we do have the After Dark Film but, Festival, which right. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we did well, have Room Morgue, right? Because of Room Morgue and everything. But as far as just straight up horror comics, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we put it together, and it seemed like it was a good idea. Here we are. Kickstarter is going. It's a, like twenty percent of a good idea at this point, I think, on Kickstarter. So we get. Uh, two and a half, three. Two and a half, three. I think it started Saturday. It was Friday night. So yeah, Friday night. So yeah, yeah. I think we're doing pretty well considering. So how do you guys hear involved? Well, for me, um, it's kind of funny. I took a, a, a comic writing class. Ty uh, Templeton's Yeah. So I took that class. A lot of people take that from the uh, yeah comic comics group. So I was. I just. I have no connection with the comic book crowd whatsoever. Uh, I was just uh, a grad student who wanted to start writing comics, so I took the class. And I heard about Toronto Comics, and uh, I emailed one of the editors saying, like, you know, are you accepting pitches? How do you get involved? And this is around December when I emailed him and said, no, we're done. That was in August. But there's a bunch of our previous uh, editors that are working on their own thing. By the way, pitches are due in you know, three days. So good luck with that. So I had to kind of think, like, oh crap, I gotta figure something out. So I threw a bunch of pitches together as quick as I could. I emailed, uh, I think it was Malcolm. Um, and um, yeah, I just went from there. I uh, submitted my pitches and they loved the, the Reznikov story. So I went, went to town on that one. And here I am. You want to know a funny story about that? Yeah. Also, don't feel bad about like, oh, it's this is. I remember this. This is when I first met you, and you were all kind of sour that I got the Reznikov story because you wanted it for yourself. I didn't know not quite that sour, but I thought about doing it because, yeah. like, the same thing as you. Oh, we have three days. Even though I was one of the editors, I was like, I think I had one or two stories. I need another story, and I started just reading about um, Toronto ghost stories weird things that happen in Toronto going through all the lists. And it's a big one. Yeah. The Reznikov thing. I was like, that's a really good story. I'll file that away for later. Well, it's one of the challenges too that I had with it um, because it's a it's the most popular ghost story you can say in Toronto, right? Almost, yeah. I'm not familiar with this story. It's a U of T thing. I think if you go to U of T, I, I swear it's part of like Frosh Week. They tell you the story of this, this like grizzly murder that happened. That's where I found out about it. I was just <laughs> wet behind the ears kid, like, I don't know, 18 years old, and I see there's this axe mark on the door and the, the tour guide saying, you know, this is where this guy attempted murder right here, and I was, it can't be real. And then I started looking up, and thought, oh, wow, there's actually a legend behind this that might actually have some truth to it. So for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, it's kind of been sitting in the back of my head and thinking, like, wow, that's a really cool story, and, you know, I finally got an opportunity to, to write something about it. But the challenge I had was, if this is something that so many students who went to U of T know about, the challenge is how do you approach the story in a novel way? So for me, it wasn't so much about the ghost, it was more about the person before the murder happened. And uh, that's how I took it. Well, um, I first heard about this anthology, I think someone posted about it on Facebook. Um, that they were, you guys were looking for pitches, and um, the last few years I've been wanting to get more and more into the comic scene. Um, my my background, I'm an illustrator, so I, I've been doing stuff for you know, children's books and 
uh, newspapers and magazines, but um, less experience doing comics. Um, so this was an exciting opportunity, it seemed. Um, Were you always a comic fan? Yeah, I was a comic fan, just didn't necessarily do it professionally. I mean, I've, in the last year or two, I had some short stories like, published in magazines, uh, comic stories, but um, other than that, it's more been a hobby. Um, and I'm a huge horror fan as well, so it seemed like a nice mixture of my interests there. Um, yeah, so that's how I heard about it. Oh, well, um, I would say that I've been, it's seemingly I've, I've been forever linked to anything to do with, uh, there's six degrees separation between me and Ty. You know, yeah. you know, and uh, the boot camp, that's where everything started for me back in uh, in 2010. Um, taking his classes and then uh, being part of his anthology that he developed and was incorporated. Um, I was with them for like four issues of that. Um, and then from that, uh, there was sort of like a, a lull, you know, for like a year, uh, 2012, 2013. But, but the community, that had grown out of his classes had constantly wanted to do stuff. Let's get together for coffee or drinks or whatever. Right. And when Fan Expo rolled around, he guaranteed that that sort of same core group of people would say, there's no way that we're not going to get together. Um, and then from that, uh, as I was yes. off doing my own um, other like yeah, freelance stuff, portraiture, you know, get kids books and stuff. Andrew Stevenson approached me um, and said, well, word is that, uh, you know, you were part of anthologies, what's your opinion on them and, and stuff, because he was sort of, um, sort of fact-finding and, and information gathering yeah, for Toronto yeah, Comics. And, and at the same conversation, I was like, well, I'd love to be a part of it, because I really, really savor the, the Experience um, with Ty and, and sure, most group of guys. Sure. So they are. It's like the energy that 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 comes out of that program and uh, and the people. Like I've seen personalities change. Where I'd be in the classroom with like two or three other students who'd be like, I don't really know if it's gonna work. Can I? I don't know. Is my art really good enough? And then by the end of it, they're like, if Marvel doesn't grab me, I don't know what the hell's wrong with them. <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty humble in that respect myself, um, but being part of the anthologies was a real refreshing take, you know, because it wasn't like uh, super uh, high stress uh, top two company DC or Marvel sort of situation. Your career is not hinging. It is, but the way but the way that Ty presented it with these anthologies and and and. Uh, how Andrew and, and yes. Nelson and Mark and yes. have all followed through with that is to keep that level of professionalism, yes. deadlines and mm -hmm. process yeah. and sort of uh, sort of knowing roles right. when they're assigned. It's like yeah. I'm the artist. You know what? Here's my responsibility to this contributing to this. And I think that there were uh, another uh, a great uh, sort of growth that comes out of that is that responsibility without you know having those major publishers um, you know against your neck sort of thing but you're uh you're you're amongst friends but the, the level of respect is there because here we are we all are in for the same goal 
right? We want to make it as great a book as possible. And uh, so everybody has to do their thing. But they're not going to sit around and say, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do it. They just do it. You know, they go off. They do the artwork. We, we have production meetings. And then everybody gets the, the right amount of feedback, you know? And those who have questions, you know, they get it out in the open so that everything's ironed out so that uh, deadlines are met and the artist and the writing is at the best level that it can be at. And I just love that. Um, so coming into this, there's no way, when I heard about Hawkham through Malcolm, uh, there was just like no way that I was going to miss that opportunity, you know. Um, I had been talking to Malcolm about another side project with him, uh, but then word of Hawkham being light, I was like, please, I'd love to be a part of it. So he's like, no question, I So, um, and again, I'm also a fan of horror, that sort of spooky uh, stories being told. I used to read those little, um, you know, uh, Campfire horror story novelizations, oh, yeah. you know. Right, right. I mean, I just get crap and stuff. I love it when I've heard it. And and so being able to do that in this comic anthology format was just a joy yeah, to be yeah. a part of. And uh, I was lucky enough um, so, to have the opportunity to be the artist on two of the stories, you know. Right. Uh, one written by Sam Moore and the other one by Malcolm. So I'm really happy how they all turned out, you know. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the response to it, you know, and getting the word in mind. Yeah, so. it's amazing how it's bringing people together. I mean, Toronto's always had this deep, rich comic book community, yeah. but there's it's been kind of separated. Uh, I guess pre-internet maybe, where there were certain levels. These guys, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah, yeah. whole bunch of these guys, right? Yeah. Now we're getting into horror, where things are really starting to connect. To connect. We've got things like podcasts, yeah. things like anthologies, and it's starting to really build, really build a sense of community. And you know, it's an awesome. Thing. I'm also finding that uh, the world's getting a lot smaller. Oh, yeah. All it takes is one podcast or one media fan expo, and then they're like, "Dude, I know you." Yeah, we were sitting beside each other at tables, but you wouldn't interact with them, and that sets your world apart from those people until. You, all it takes is like, oh, I just happen to be in the same coffee shop. Recognize through faces, through names, and then all of a sudden it clicks. And the next week you guys are working on something together. And then that whole, it's weird. It's just like uh, the, the sweater stench, you know? Like, and, and you, you realize, oh, well, you're friends with my friend who also does comics, and then Boom, all of a sudden you know 150 new people in the span of week. Because they're all similar people. Yeah. I mean, anybody's got this interest, they're you know, pretty much are going to get along, right? Yeah. So it's a yeah. Thing. Yeah, I, I, I've yeah. never felt the sense of competition yeah. or uh, sort of like uh, animosity or anything. It's all been like, dude, I know what you're talking about. I know where you're, you know, yeah. I know, yeah. I'm on the same level as you. And we, we trade for better term horror stories about working on on these uh, right. the war stories art or writing or whatever you know the, the ups and downs and we give each other advice and all that stuff sure. so it's you know it's so beneficial and like i i personally i was in the niagara region for a couple of years and i had people coming up to me um when we, there were events down there at one of the comic shops and they say how I read about the stuff that you do with Ty Templeton and these guys and, and these anthologies. How do you make it work? 
And my only answer to them was like, just get together. You know you're all out there, right? right? Yeah. Because you read about each other on the internet. Yeah. So just get together. And you will often find each other through like a similar interest in a exactly. type of comics. And two comics have been birthed out of this podcast. Really? Uh, yeah. The most recent one is D.A. Uh, Bishop. Uh, Okay, yeah. Dave, yeah. Dave. And uh, Kevin Joseph, yeah. uh, who is a writer out of Florida. Mm-hmm. And he does a book called Tart. Mm-hmm. One of the most beautiful books you'll ever see. The artist's name is Ludovic Salé. Yeah. He's from France. Yeah. And Kevin and Dave uh, met through listening to the show mm-hmm. and interacting online. Yeah. And the, all of a sudden, I was in uh, Philly doing the Great Philadelphia Comic Con earlier in the year. And Kevin's like, hey, man, guess what? I'm doing a book commission. Yeah. I was just like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, when you can get yeah. part of that, yeah. it's, it's a great thing. I think, uh, I think the overwhelming uh, aspect is if you don't, you know, put yourself out there with the other people. It's like you know, every, you know, everybody's doing this and that, the other thing in comics. Yeah. But if you go, oh, I'm not, that's great, Mark. I love what you're doing, but I, I'm just going to go over here and just do my thing. And you sequester yourself yeah. like that. In, really, you know, uh, you end up outside looking in, and it just becomes very uncomfortable when those interactions are unavoidable. Right. Fan Expo or something. Right. You show up to Fan Expo. I've been guilty of this once or twice, where I was like working on stuff on my own, and at Fan Expo, everybody's around trading stories. You know, you'll have, uh, by the end of the con, you'll have Ty standing in front of a campfire full of people just listening to the story. And, but you're like, I'd love to interject with like, some of my own stuff, but sure. I haven't I haven't made myself available to everybody else, and that's a whole big part of it. If you don't, you know, just interact with people, right? You know, I mean, there's no point to, if you're doing all this work by yourself, you know, unless you're going to do that slingshot thing where at the very end you come jumping in. You know, I got a hundred page graphic novel. If you keep everything to yourself, it's going to backfire on you. And then that sense of community for yourself is lost, right? So if I didn't start talking to people more outside of Ty's class, like Adam Blum, or uh, he's so famous. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, I mean, because we used to just nervously chat to each other about, you know, what Ty was teaching us in class. And, uh, and now he's been doing all these huge things, and, and the work he does on the island and all that. Yeah. And it, but it all goes back to, you know, I remember just a little conversations, you know, the asides, the little pauses in the class and then yeah. going home to work, you know, sure. and that's what I think counts. Right. And then it'll, it'll, you know, reward that. It's like tenfold when you get together and say, oh, people are putting together an anthology. Boom. We already know the people. We're already friendly with them. And even if you're not, um, just... You know, being a, making yourself part of the community. Well, I think there's a lot of good inspiration here. I mean, I, I'm not making comments. You guys can probably say better. But as far as there's no other place in the world that has a certain level of talent at the moment than Toronto. Yeah. I mean, I think when the New Fifty Two started, you know, that was what five years ago or whatever. That long? Yeah, it's been a while. You had four of the five Batman artists. Ontario. Yeah. I think what we have Finch, Faber, 
There's a there's a bunch of them all. You know, Oh. Of top tier talent to mid talent, there's such a range. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it is starting to get small. I mean, I've been going to Fan Expo for about 15 no. years now, mm -hmm. and you start to realize who's been there every year. And now it's starting to get to a point. It's the world and the industry getting smaller too, though, right? Like, sure. just the number of the number of interactions you can have on Twitter with just you know whatever your average, or even not your average, you're like top tier. Um creators yeah, it's crazy I mean, just because you know chatting with people seeing what they're doing you know like i have not chats but like i've had semi-regular interactions with somebody like kurt Busick on twitter just like hey man what's going on you know like talking about this top of the comics asking questions about like hey how do you do this and you know they'll answer because they're they're i guess they're at their computers they're writing you check twitter once in a while right so and 10 years ago you didn't have that Right, Not at all. and then on top of it, the number of like people who you see, there's a lot of. Uh, I've noticed a lot of, of artists now. I think Marvel's actually like scouting them out now in like the Philippines or like Far East Asia, uh, South America, right? Places where if you were an artist there before, it didn't really matter how good you were because you weren't in New York or LA or whatever. And now it doesn't matter. People do emails, teleconferences, faxes. So many things yeah. have been born of people who just met on Twitter. Like Kevin and uh, Ludovic, the Tart book, they yep. never met. They put up three yeah. issues and they didn't meet until like, they yeah. made a New York right. or something. Right, right. And it's how does it just make it? People can do things from home. Even in other industries, I have a lot of voiceover people on the show as well. And it's changed so much from where they all have home booths. They all have, like, it's so Yeah, crazy. save your files, send them on in, and it's yeah. easy. Yeah, I was, just, I was just saying to a friend the other day, it's funny how um, the majority of my art directors I've worked for, whether it's in publishing or newspapers, I've never even heard their voice. It's all been by email, and they're, they're all in New York or California or in the States. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been the case 15, 20 years ago. Um, and everything, like you said, email, and instant communication, which really opened up the world. So. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, just scanning. You need to scan your yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Scanners. That's changed. I think, too, at the, like I was saying, the, the interactions. Before, I remember uh, just like holding my breath, going to New York to show my stuff. You know, uh, it was like late 90s, you know, just the 90s. I met uh, uh, Joe Cooper at World Trade Center. Wow. Uh, that's, that, that was like two. Yeah. Randomly? No, well, he was there. Oh, okay. And he was asking questions and promoting the Cooper School, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I showed him uh, some, I just did some, like a week before, I just scribbled out some guys. Putting good effort into trying to get this plane off. And I showed it to him, and he gave the appropriate constructive criticism feedback. And I was like, so thankful for that. And, um, but at the same time, it was like, uh, you know, if I could have easily said, no, no, I just, no, I, I don't know if I can talk to people. Uh, I think just having to. to you know, sort of set it up and, and talk to people. You know, it was a huge step, which has made easier to the internet because of that sort of anonymity. It, 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 yeah. You can make first steps. Exactly. It's, it's first so interactions say, like, on your own timetable by 
Oh, you know what? I have time to answer this. I will figure out what I'm going to say yeah. so you don't end up standing in front of them being like, I just read it. I love your yeah. face. Oh. But it, it, it can backfire. I mean, people could become uh, arrogant with their you know, personality. They can be anything they want to be, you know, personality wise. And that can sort of, you know. We kind of do that as fans where we have put people sometimes on such a pedestal that it really backfires. Yeah, yeah you're, it's cool that you are an incredible, classic, legendary comic artist, but dude, would you draw 30 pictures? You're not changing. Exactly. I've never performed on the artillery, so I shouldn't be treated as such. Oh, you should. Everyone should try it at least once. That's my dad's but, um, you know, yeah, when people sort of like give you praise, give you praise, give you praise, you can put work out there. That's another thing, like with the, you know, getting your work out there. In the 90s, uh, finishing school, I'm like, how do I get this stuff out there? I can have to put together all these mailers and spend, uh, you know, a shitload of money on like this promotion, these cards, these prints and stuff. And, you know, people just end up using them as posters. You know, you're like, no, please don't, I work so hard on that. Now, with the digital age, it's like, I do this thing, like, I do daily sketches. I put them up on the internet, I just say, I love, this is showing that I love what I do. I'm not asking anybody to say, you're a god amongst comic artists, you know, I'm just showing them my dedication to it. And uh, but at the same time remaining humble about yeah. that, you know. Not to say everybody kiss my feet because check it out, I did Spider Man. You know. Well, the, I think the majority of artists who do get big, I gotta say, eight to nine out of ten are awesome dudes. <laughs> you know, not everybody you know, has their big years. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. You know what I mean? So when I mean, you see things like look at. McFarland now, spending a lot more time online, trying to get a little more love back from the yeah. fans. I think yeah. he's kind of got older <laughs> and mature. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 These days, if you're if you are a dick, word gets out so yeah. much faster about exactly. it. Exactly. And, yeah. and yeah. if you're gonna have a long, t if you want to have any kind of long term, either profession or yeah. like a career or or even just to be in. The world of comics or whatever for a long time. You have to maintain. Well, you got to be professional, right? Yeah, a little bit. You can't go around just being a jag off and expecting like, well, whatever. Well, there's, one person. there's some people who travels around this world and hits every single comic con that is ever thrown in any place. Really. And you are guaranteed to walk through that aisle, and Neil Adams is going to be there. And he is. The thing is, though, we love it at this point. Yeah, you it's become I mean? his calling like, card. Yeah, you want. Him I would be to freaked the, out if he did. Yeah, yeah. I want him to say something rude and insulting. You know, so he, above anybody, has kind of earned that spot. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's super old school. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you two, Chris, some experience in game and stuff. You guys are just starting to kind of get in there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, start to meet people. So it's been exciting for you guys. Who you met or interacting? Well, I. I tend to be afraid to meet my, my heroes, so I, I can't think of any any actual um, of my comic idols that I've met. I mean, some are in the city, like my 
one of my favorite um, cartoonists is Jillian Tamaki. Okay. You know, she's Toronto-based, and I love to run into her. She's listening. Um, but I'm a big fan of her graphic novels, and um, I believe Emily Carroll, who did um, Through the Woods, that excellent horror. Yeah. Is she Toronto-based? <coughs> I know she's Canadian. I, she's, I know she's Canadian of some sort, but I'm um, a huge fan of her, her work. Um, I'd love to meet her at some point. So no, I haven't actually met anyone, any of my heroes really. Um No, I'm planning on going this year for the first time. Dressed up, dressed up as Robin from 1966. So that'll be me. Yeah. So you want to meet the Burmese? Yeah, that's the plan. He, he was my first um, crush and my first superhero. You know, love, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, um, where are each of you from originally? Are you all in Toronto, born in Toronto? I've been in Toronto my whole life. Yeah, like great downtown? Oh, uh, no, well, so I lived in Vaughan when I was growing up. So yeah, it's a slightly different thing. No, but okay, so every week, I understand it's totally different, but every weekend, my dad always made a point that he'd say, let's go down to the city, let's get dinner somewhere. And that's kind of how I got into comics, is how every weekend we'd go, to the, we'd go to the world's biggest bookstore, which is not a thing anymore. Oh, I miss it. But we went there, and he'd bring me in, and he'd say, get whatever you want, doesn't matter. So I'd always go to the comic book section. At the time, when I was just a little kid, I was into like Garfield and like Far Side and all those, yeah, Mad, all these, these old comics. Uh, they were just, they were funny pages at the time. And you know, then it grew into Spider-Man and, yeah. and all the heroes. So that's kind of where it started for me. It's those little Toronto bookstores. So I wasn't really from Toronto, but you know, I've been here. Toronto adjacent. Yeah. Toronto adjacent. Yeah. There's very few yeah. guys in the community, comic community, who I know that were born and raised in the city. And it's a weird thing. Let me speak to my time to show me. Who was good here? Can't make a case. We'll give show and shit at all. Come on, Sean. No, he's lovely. Nice to see you. I think yellow down here. Fan X will stop getting everything away for free. Make some money. Like, if there's a He's just too nice. But he is, he's a born and raised one day. You know? He's like a Jurassic kid. He's a Jurassic kid. You know what I mean? So, we don't get it all. But that's what's cool about Toronto. There's so many people coming in from different places, different experiences, and kind of, you know, it's just this little place. Yeah. Brandon Cruz, an Oakville Cruz. Yeah. And those crews are starting to come together. Yeah. And it's, it's a great experience. I mean, I talk a lot about Michigan. I'm a huge fan of Michigan. Uh, I'm more sick on the every year. And it is the tightest community I've ever seen. No competition. Everybody is doing everything they can to raise each other up. And it's the most beautiful thing. It's lovely. And I've seen it really starting to happen here. Even to the point where they're coming. You know, like there's certain Michigan artists who have really interjected themselves, like Jay Fosgate. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows Jay Fosgate. Uh, right now he just did the uh, last uh, All New All Different Avengers, and he's got a story in the latest uh, Spider Stories, or whatever it was called. Like he did uh, My Little Pony and uh, Sesame Street. He's an amazing cartoonist. Mm -hmm. cartoons, right? And he, he's just totally obsessed with drawing. And well, he's not from here. Not from oh, Michigan. Okay. Uh, and he loves it. And he comes up with every chance he can get. And every year he brings more and more people. So two years ago at Fan Expo, there was six artists in a row. Uh, all from Michigan. Michiganers. All the Michigan contingent there. And it was a nice thing. The Michigan delegation. Yeah. I think a lot of that's... Um, I think a lot of credit has to go for uh, the 
Toronto Comic Arts Festival or that kind of thing. Because I think I like Fan Expo, but Fan Expo is very much in the mold of the um, like the corporate media driven like San Diego Comic Con. You know, like let's get panels together and bring stars in kind of thing. Yeah, which totally fair. I mean, it it, it works, right? But the Comic Arts Festival, just a bunch of people coming in and like the festivals free. You know, you come in, the tables aren't crazily priced. Yeah, people in Michigan know about Yeah, and they should. They should, because honestly, it should be like, like 10 years from now, it should be like, like TIFF. You know, people are coming into town for TCAF because it's where people come because they love comics. Yes. Right? Well, I thought was so great about that. This year was my first TCAF. I went and picked up my Toronto Comics. Holy uh, Bulgari. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised because, you know, someone who's getting more into the community now, I hadn't heard of any of the tables there. But yeah. you're going through it and you're looking, and you're like, this is this is fantastic. All sorts of cool stuff everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I was just I was I was there and I was kind of like, I wish I brought my wallet because I just came to pick up my. That was a bad. Mistake. Yeah, it was a bad call. I was I was expecting to be in and out, but there was a lot of great stuff and. That's like everything from small indie zine creators to more kind of gold star, bigger names. It's an amazing, amazingly diverse festival. It's my favorite show now. And most of them are in the same same boat as we are, is that they're trying to get their books off the ground. They don't have a lot of exposure, but these sort of events are are where they they meet the fans. Yeah, there's very few people there who are just like huge. Yeah. They're all doing it for love. Same time. Oh, you got that nice one? Somewhere, like every quarter, yeah. there's like a, <laughs> in Toronto itself, though, literally, there's like one every quarter. And if you're willing to drive an hour, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun this year was the fan days. Yes, that holiday field. It was the one day, it was two days. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One day, mini fan expo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fan expo, that was Toronto Comic Con, and now this fan days thing, yeah. One day, just anything they were about, Christmas comic market. That's a money idea, so write that down. Christmas comic market. I actually, you know, I actually got on this case for not bringing me one. He knew I was going to be there. But yeah, it's very, it was organized but laid back. Yes. And very family And just a front time overall. Yeah, that's one day shows can be great. Have you guys ever been to the GTA show? Yes. Where's that one held? Perfect one day show. It bounces between Oakville and it was sort of like the tarts, bigger on the inside. Like, there was there was good advertising for it, you know. And uh, the organizer, he really cool up with Steve. 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 He, he actually sat with us at the, the March conference. He and Sam. Very, very good But, you know, there was, uh, you know, word now that they were advertising on social media. Yeah, 
Were they dressed as superheroes? Well, no, he just retired. Did he? Yeah. Really? Yeah, all that guy. Yeah, he was I love those guys. Yeah, he was sad about it, but he really, this is his thing. Yeah, he's, so it's he's not a young, young man anymore. I he's not a dopey man. I don't think he'll stay away for a second. Yeah. Alright. So, I was wrong. <laughs> um, <Omar>. <laughs> at $30, <laughs> it's actually a book with a custom sketch. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm not actually sure. To be honest, who's sketching in those books? I hope they haven't signed me up for that without telling me. Uh, $40 is with the prints, so six Halloween prints. Um, $80, never mind, all gone. Stephanie Line had a uh, uh, commission, so someone's purchased that already. Oh, nice. Um, Good for her. She's having great times. She is. She's, She's doing, doing well. Uh, Megan Carter, she's at 80 bucks as well. Greg Menzies as well. Oh no, sorry, Greg Menzies is gone too. Menzies. Wow. Uh, Get on that Kickstarter, kids. People, you're Stop missing out on all the deals. What's the goal? What's the what's the goal you're The goal is seven thousand bucks. Okay. So we're we're I think almost twenty percent at this point. Yeah, sixteen hundred. Somebody do math. Um, and then there's a bunch of uh, so Jason Liu, who you may know from uh, Pitiful Gaming Universe. Oh, yeah. did you see the action figures he made? I did. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're adorable. Yeah. Uh, Sam Moore. Sure. Yep. Yep. I gotta get in touch with him. There needs to be a Jedi Ross figure. You know? <laughs> and I want a little figure of me with like interchangeable hands. Of course. You know, like yeah. just like the Jay and Silent Bob doll. Well, the Jay and Silent Bob dolls. You know, they come with like a new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him all the games like a new one. There you go. Microphone in the other. Yeah. And I switch yeah. them up. To, but yeah, Jason Lee made those little action yeah. figures mm -hmm. that he's gonna have for Fan Expo. And when Stephanie Line had her uh, her launch at Altered States, our yes. shop in Clarkson, yep. uh, he made her a little dog, mm -hmm. a little action figure dog. dog. Yeah. And he came in and gave, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. So yeah, he, they did a bunch of cool stuff. Um, so yeah, Lou, uh, he actually has uh, one of the pages from the story he contributed to the uh, anthology available for someone to pick up. Oh, nice. Um, One hundred fifty bucks. And uh, Sean Daly, who's we've talked about Sean, uh, he actually gave us all his pages. So wow, wow. Um, see what I said? He's yeah. just like yeah, sure. yeah. So 150 bucks for a page. I think we already sold one. You know so. who's I? He caught. He's caught. Stegman. Ryan Stegman. Oh really? Big fan of Sean Daly. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know, great for Sean. Yeah. Sean just he's so humble. He Help us out, brother. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? Blah blah. Because uh, Stegman was on a friend of mine. Podcast, uh, Comic Pros and Cons, okay. which is a fantastic show. That's a good beautiful friend. name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so upset with that. I can't. Okay, sorry, go on. That's so, when he does these interviews, pro, uh, pros and goes to cons. Pros. Pros and cons. <laughs> so, he had uh, Ryan Stegman on the show, and on the show, Stegman started putting Daily over. Oh, really? And I was like, you got to hear this episode, Sean. You're going to like it. So, Stegman's here every year for Fan Expo. Right? Yeah. Like, he I think he missed like last year because of family stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, and Jason Liu. When I met Jason Liu, he was uh, part of the X Men of Toronto. Yep. Which mm. is a cosplay group here, and he has the best uh, multiple, multiple man, man yeah. you'll ever see. 
he made two cardboard cutouts of himself yeah. in like different positions yeah. and stuck them to his back. Yeah. So when he'd take a picture, you just go like this, and he'd have two of him to the side. Yeah. Well, and that's all I ever thought he was, was a cosplayer. And then I realized, oh, you do comics. Apparently he can draw and write oh, yeah, really well. well. But it, it's taken off for him, man. It was just fantastic. That page is still up there, people. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Actually, by the time they're listening to this, maybe it will be gone. And they've waited too long. Can't wait too long, yeah. kids. <laughs> no, he does like amazing work. And he works really quickly. And he just makes it look easy, you know? Uh, he does. Sort of like a, uh, another compatriot there, Leonard Kirk. Yes. yes. Leonard Kirk, very humble, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. And uh, but he could blink and have like ten pages done. Yeah. And it's kind not of only annoying. that, just like uh, likenesses and stuff. It's just obviously effortless for yeah. having yeah. worked on Supergirl. And sure. Stuff, you know. Sure. I mean, and uh, definitely someone I looked up to. You know, mm-hmm. while I was taking ties classes and, and talk a little bit cons and stuff yeah. you know and there's and as as soon as I met uh, Leonard and Ty and then like I said before opening that door to a whole community of people you recognize how many of those really cool humble people in that community you know that yeah. were uh, you know that that did just phenomenal work oh, and yeah. still do yeah. and it's just like it's an ongoing thing right. you know right. It's like you'll turn your head and then there's, you know, uh, like three or four other artists who do the same. I wonder if it's a lot to do with the culture and education in Toronto. Mm. There is so much opportunity as far as education, museums, uh, you know, all that stuff. That Sheridan alone. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, look how much comes out of there. Because yeah. you even got guys like the older generation who are around, like, uh, like Dave Ross. Yep. Um, you know, just like... I got into Star Wars through the comics. Yeah. You know, it was a weird thing. I, you know, movies were okay, but when I started reading about Jedi lore and history, that really hooked huh. me in, right? And he did a lot of that. Him and McKenna were, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, but Mark McKenna is yeah. uh, you know, some of my favorite comics. So I got him to do me uh, just a Darth Vader head sketch. Yeah. And he did it in like a uh, Charles Hansel. Right. Yeah. But it, it was like 10 minutes. I went back. I was like, here you go. It's yeah. really like gorgeous shaded thing. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. dude, it's like his hands were. It's oh, done. Yeah. Yeah. Me crazy. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I draw as well, like on the side. <laughs> okay. And I yeah. long ago came to terms with the fact that I'll never be quite as um, quick or consistent as I would like to actually do something with it. Like if I want to do. I did actually a backup comic for the Toronto comics. It was four pages. Okay. And it took me like two and a half weeks to do those four pages. Um, most of it, I was just crying the entire time. I was like, why are you crying? Can you not come out of my head the way I want you to? So yeah, anybody who's able to do that kind of thing, where you just see them do like whatever, a headshot or... Yeah. Scribble, scribble. I, I, did, I remember at... Um, I went to San Diego Comic Con like six years ago. Nice. And I bought Adam Hughes's book, one of his sketchbooks, and for like an extra five bucks, he'd do a head, like a head sketch, that literally took him two minutes. And it was literally like, there's a face, there's some hair, whatever, there's an eyes, yeah. nose, mouth, whatever, cha cha chain. Okay, sign it. And I was like, I told you what I wanted you to draw for this. So you, you don't have that like like banked in the back of your head. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do like a Wonder Woman for everybody. I'm gonna do it right. Like, right, right. That's they were you already know how to draw. Yeah, they were all on command. And I was just like, holy 
God. That, like, yeah, yeah. That's all that took you? Well, look at what they put into it. I mean, if you listen, oh, yeah. to, that, if you listen to my show, oh, I'm going to have that turned off. No, your car right. makes noise. It's okay when R2, uh, R2 pops in once in a while. But, um, how's it going? Something about how amazing certain people are. Oh, yes, no, uh, if you listen to my show, if you listen to all the old episodes that have artists on, you'll hear on every episode, you'll hear a pencil in the background. Uh-huh. And they're all right while they're doing it. And it, you don't realize how much practice they put into it. I said to Sean Daly, I said, I have this vision in my head of you in your little room with a bed and a desk. And you waking up, rolling out of the bed onto your stool, and spending the next ten hours there. And he's like, "You nailed it." It's not far off. Yeah, it's true. You know, like the amount and all these video sketches. You see people doing the live sketches videos on Facebook, and it's just amazing. You know. So I know uh, writer, writer, artist. Writer, 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 artist. Okay. He does it all. Oh, you're doing it all. Oh, yes. look at you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, are you writing and drawing your story in this book? Then? I'm sorry, am I writing? Yes. Yes, my, it, it yeah. is a written and illustrated by a new story. Yeah. Right. How many guys are doing that? Is there, are you the only one in the book? Um, off the top of my head, I think there's two, maybe three. Most people came in with, uh, well, most people came in as either one or the other. Right, right. Um, so your passion yeah, is like... three. I think two or three. My passion is telling stories, I guess, is the way I would... Uh, uh, narrow it down. Um, I also have a passion for uh, prose and writing um, short stories. And, like if someone asked yeah. you what you did, would you say I'm an artist-writer? Or which would come, which, oh, what would come out of your mouth first? Uh, I would say uh, illustrator, just because that's, oh, that's what right. I have you the most experience uh, yeah. professionally in. Okay. But um, what I'm most passionate about is telling stories, whether that's um, writing a novel or, which haven't had published yet, but writing a novel or um, creating comics. <coughs> or, or just creating a picture that tells a story. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I guess um, narrative in some shape or form has always been what I was passionate about since I was a kid. Right, right. So including picture books, kids' books, which I love doing for, because it, it's a whole different um, part of my brain from horror, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly yeah. different things. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the switching back and forth uh, in the horror. It's so funny you say that. Uh, Steve McGinnis, anybody familiar with Steve McGinnis? Name uh, rings a bell. He's an artist in the area. He's, Incredible. He does the horror and he does a lot of the old Universal monsters and stuff. You might have seen his booth, he's always at the shows, but he does like lifelike, realistic pencil drawings of just incredible, incredible stuff. He's so talented, like photorealistic. And he's doing a children's book now. All he's ever done is horror, and he got a chance to do a children's book, and he's loving it. And uh, Keith Chow, yep. yeah, he does a book with his mom. Yep. He does a kid's yep. book with his mom. So it's, you know, it's. Lots of people are doing that for, and Kevin Joseph, who uh, the tart I said earlier, he's got a kid's book that he's uh, kickstarting right now. There seems uh, to be like yeah. something about, I don't know, the, the people the who, generation. But, but also like the people who are the most, into the most weirdest, screwed up, dark things and do like all these horror things where seem to be like so much more well adjusted in real life, usually. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all these things are crazy and they're, yeah. And then they get out and you're like, hey, how's it going? Like, yeah. Well, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> it's all out there. It's on the page. I feel better now. Yeah, I worry about some people. Ricky Lima? Yeah. 
He's I recorded with him Saturday morning. I just put his episode out today. I saw that. I love Ricky. He's just the oddest human being. <laughs> like the, the things that come out of his head are just so bizarre. Uh, did you read Deep Sea? Yes. Did you? Yep. What I was know. that? Yeah. Like, I read this book and I was just like, like, didn't know it made sense. We didn't know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. And then it happened and you were like, yeah, I get it, but I don't, so I need more. <laughs> so I was actually bugging them. I think they need to revisit I need that. To check this out. Yeah. And Ricky said, he said, he's like, I got a whole, like, tons of stories from that world to tell. So yeah, yeah. I hope he gets the chance. I think he's. Uh, I think he's just really, he's really clamoring to get that, you know, right. consistently out there, those stories, right. you know, because yeah. we'll, uh, we'll talk at shows and stuff. He's like, I just can't wait for the next thing I get the opportunity to do or a person to collaborate with, you know, sure. yeah. and, uh, you know, I mean, he's uh, told me and his uh, partner on Black Hole Hunter, Shane, Shane. Uh, just, I, I'm good friends with both of them, so, you know, uh, I'll always hear uh, I'll either get together with Shane for, we'll, we'll do little three, four hour drawing sessions nice. where we'll bring whatever we're, we're currently locked into, Hog Camp War or whatever, and just sit there and, and, and just jam it out for hours. Um, you know, and, and talking to both of them, just how, uh, you know, they can't wait. They can't wait to get all this stuff out. You know, I want to see my stuff in print. I want to tell people about it. His and Kickstarter, the, sorry, launches on Wednesday. He's doing like a nine-hour comic jam yeah. live on Facebook yeah, yeah. by himself. Yeah. Wow. That was yeah. a freaking job. Like, yeah. Nine hours. Are you going to have people drop by? He's like, no. I'm spending all day on Facebook yeah. just to promote my, my Kickstarter. Yeah, but the, I'll drop in every 20 minutes. Exactly. And the, and the, and the thing is, is that uh, his creative drive... Um, and when he puts it out there, he's like, here, I did this sketch, or I, I did this doodle and stuff. It's just like, it's almost mystical. Yeah. How just oddball it is. Yeah. And uh, he's like, that's right. I did that. Yeah. I did that oddball. I'm oddball. I'm going to get that tattooed <laughs> on my forehead. You know? But at the same time, he's, you know, I mean, he's one of the nicest guys. Oh, yeah. in the you yeah. know? And, uh, you know, um, it's just another, uh, you know, just another link in a, Great community. You God know, I mean, if you have everybody on the, as yes. in the same balance levels, like, you know, it's just going to be a white sheet of paper, right. you know, and everybody's sharing the same brain, which, you know, I mean, there are factors of that that are good because everybody can understand each other, but at the same time, there's no, you need that diversity, yes. you know, across yeah, the board, absolutely. you know, whether it's like your creatively, whatever backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's huge. Well, there was a big push a few years ago, kind of against the superhero thing, mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and zombies too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like got a little, you know, and the stuff that's come out of it mm -hmm. has been great. Just people exactly. have been trying to push it and do different things. Yep. You know, which yeah. is it's fun to see. It. I love it. It's a big uh, lesson for any business, though. Really, it's like you can't specialize and be just in this and this and this. Mm -hmm. You got to get out there because there's there's an audience that's looking for stuff. Oh, yeah. And hungry. if you find them, yeah, the ones who aren't, who aren't being given stuff are the hungriest ones out there. Yeah. They'll yeah. pick it up. Yeah, yeah. My favorite Spread artist it. right now is yeah. named Ryan Lee. He's another Michigan guy. Uh, but that's just a coincidence that he's Michigan. <laughs> but this guy uh, is 
so he's the most detailed like inker I've ever seen. Like he's the artist that inks his own stuff, but it's just the most bizarre mm-hmm. stuff you've ever seen. Like I don't even understand how a brain could come up with these <laughs> shapes yeah. and these creatures that yeah. he comes up with. And I love it. I can't get enough of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Actually actually Ryan Lee, if you happen to be listening to this, he does occasionally. I sent him a message like a month ago asking if he was open for commissions right now. He said yeah. So I sent him a message back saying what I wanted and I haven't heard yet. Yeah. Ryan Lee. <laughs> Come so, on, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. But yeah, I well, like just like you guys are saying, oh, it's all coming together, it's bringing together, people hate each other. That's what I get to do. Yeah, you know that's that's my part. Yeah, this is cool. It's so fun for me. So we'll just get together, hanging out, and I can I can be that connection because I've seen it there for years. Yeah, I was like, how do these people not know these people? How are these people not working with these people? Like, it made no sense to me. And as I've just started interviewing people. You know, it's what this is my fifth year straight being turned down for press. Yeah, you Really? I don't know what the deal is, okay? I do C2E2, I do Denver Comic Con, I, you know, uh, my show's the official sponsor of the Great Philadelphia Comic Con, I do all their moderating. Like, I've I've built something, and the one place that will not give me a press pass is Fan X, my hometown con. What the hell? Won't do it. I can't get through it. it's not even for me because the only people I'd be talking to anyways are the people in Harvest Sally, right? Those are the people I want to interview. Yeah. Like, it'd be fun to talk to celebrities that I get to sometimes, but that's not my main goal of going to Fan Expo. My whole thing about the press pass is just kind of acceptance. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice for Fan Expo to check mark, right? part like, of this community. Exactly. You are yeah. part of this thing. Yeah. But it just drives me more. Like when, when they said no, I was like, I'm interviewing every single individual in Fan Expo, in the Artist Alley. I'm theater. using your announcement list as my yes, hit list. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because I just, like, I'm known by you guys. Like, I've gotten around, you know, and it's fun. I walked around Artist Alley, and everyone's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, and it's yeah. great. I love being that kind of, you know, part of the whole thing. Yeah. But that's my thing, is Gorilla Pod. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I coined it here a while ago. I said, Gorilla Pod, that's my style, people ask. Mm-hmm. It's just me and this. You show up with your bag and your mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm running through Artist Alley, just bam, 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 right? So yeah. this year I'm even more like, I'm gonna put like a five-part special. I'm gonna help media, all the official media. And it just drives you, you know? Same thing with comics. I'm sure you guys, you know, how do you all handle rejection? Does it push you? Do you have a setback for a bit? Or? I think I like to try to think positively about it because I'm just a, uh, ridiculously optimistic person. But yeah, no, I still, you know, I think all artists and creators get down and they, no one likes to get rejected, but I mean, ultimately, yeah, ultimately it's, um, there's something to learn from it. I mean, if you don't get into, you know, one story published in a certain magazine your first time, you kind of look at, okay, what is it that you like, and get back to them. It, it feels you to kind of really show them that you can do it. So I think it's, no, it's you. All you get is rejections, and that's the problem. Maybe you should be examining your job. Maybe talk to some people who you trust and yeah, find out the yeah, real deal. But, uh, if you get you know, some some wins and rejections as a part of that, that's a good thing, I think. I think, too, that there's a lot of... I mean, I, I always go back to this whenever I get rejected. I always think of Franz Kafka, who's a notorious author. But when the guy could not get published for his life, for the entirety of his, of his life. And it wasn't until he died, and what was the name of his friend? Uh, took all his manuscripts right. and they got published. So you take someone who's very successful and at that time nobody was really buying into his ide- ideas and 
it's just is your audience there are the publishers you're submitting to on the same wavelength as you and it doesn't mean your stuff is bad if they say no it just means you're you guys don't have the same flavors yeah. um, so much comes into you're like I'm sure you'd all be happy to just sit and write your comics, just sit and read your comics and draw your comics, yeah. but we can't do that. My favorite part is sitting here and talking, but I've had to spend so many sleepless nights on YouTube learning how to edit, right. how to build this, how to build that, all yeah. the stuff that you're like, you know, same thing with comics, you have to learn how to promote, yeah. you know, how to, where publishers work and all that. Yeah. yeah, it has to come from the, like, I'm doing it because I want to do it and I love it. Yeah, Because, yeah. you know, like, the number of people who are going to make a living at it or find time to just do that alone and nothing else. It's small. Yeah. yeah. Almost, I mean, all of us basically have some kind of day job or yeah, whatever going most, on. Yeah, I know very few right. artists. Very few who are just like, this pro. is what I do, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And even if you are pro and that's what you do, you're not just like, this is my title, I draw this. Oh, and no. That's some guys, <coughs> you know, but you've done so much work to get to that. Right. Right, but there's guys, you know, guys like Fosgate who I was talking about, he works for Marvel, he does his own thing, he's worked for yeah. more, he's, you know. You've got to be going all the time. There's six things going on yeah. at the same time, which teaches you organization, deadlines, yeah. you know, like, that's got to be hard, eh, when you, like, deadlines, you know? Because well, I, I set my own deadlines. deadlines. Yeah, my show comes out Monday, yeah. but if it comes out Tuesday, no one's bugging me. Right? Yeah, yeah, but that's kind of deadly though oh, if you're setting your own deadlines, deadlines because those deadlines can be broken and there are no consequences. Which I do all yeah. the time. Yeah. They, they yeah. cease to become deadlines. Yeah. Right. Um, I think one thing that I took away from Ty's boot camp was that, you know, uh, we met Ty, we're all, you know, friendly and we have great conversation. But then when the anthology hits, he's the editor. Right, we're right. treating this as professional, as close to DC and Marvel as you can get. Right. So, just because we're standing outside, you know, the classroom chit-chatting about our cat stories or whatever, doesn't mean that by next week, he doesn't remind you that those layouts have to be in and, and, and so on and so forth. Pencils, inks, yeah. uh, production meetings and stuff. And uh, I took that to heart. I treated that like you know, university exams. Like I got yeah. butterflies every time. Even by the third anthology issue, I had people going, why are you so nervous about this? I'm like, you know, I mean, you gotta get to that mindset. You do. It's, you know, or else nothing gets done. Right. And I think a, a certain, you know, a huge onus is on you. If you don't get it done, you gotta train yourself right. to discipline, you know, to be disciplined in that. And then uh, so on and so forth with uh, Toronto Comics and Hogtown Horror, where they say, look, we need this art in by this time. And everybody will agree that life happens in the midst of all this. You know, their things are going to be out of control that have to be taken care of. And, you know, certain elements have to be put on the back burner while they get resolved. But at the same time, you walk into the, you know, to the project. Uh, knowing full well what the responsibilities are. If you say, I would like to come on as an artist, artist writer, editor, whatever, you have to understand what's involved with yes. this, right. yep. you know? And if not, you're going to learn pretty damn quick, you know? Well, that's also a certain style that people do. Like, you yeah. know, I, I can't remember who said it, but like, if you don't know how to do something, say yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, fire. there's, you know, I mean, jumping in the fire, uh, does have an element of uh, it, it it breeds an element of creativity like i found that say um, when i was asked to do this come on as a secondary 
uh, for a secondary story for Hawk Hill. Part of me was worried, like, oh my god, I won't be able to get this done in time. That's two stories, man. You know, two ten-page stories. That's two. But at the same time, something at the back of my head was like, dude, you totally got this. You totally got this. And it wasn't me going on social media and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Which a lot of people I, I've noticed do. They'll go on and, and, and proclaim, I'm going to do this. Everybody, wait. I'm going to do this. And then... By the end of it, people are standing around going, I do believe you mentioned something about doing something, and they have nothing. Right. You know, where uh, I think the more sensible approach is just do it. Do it. Don't talk about it until it's done. Right. That's, you know, I mean, Ty, Leonard, uh, Dave Ross, they, they all have that same advice. Like, you work better through actions and not telling about what you're going to do. Right. Because you expend all that energy on promoting the, the concept of doing something rather than doing it. Sure, sure. And, um, I consider taking his course just because everybody enjoys it so much. Yeah. I, you know, just for the fun of it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that experience. Because when I talk to Ty, uh, the one time he's been on the show was Fan Expo last year, mm -hmm. where we actually sat down and recorded an interview. Mm -hmm. And he didn't even mention comics hardly because he's a Clarkson kid, yeah. which yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I kind of knew about his family. Do you guys know about his family? Mm -hmm. Ty Templeton no. is Canadian royalty. Oh, okay. Ty Templeton's father, uh, Ty's father, uh, was big in uh, television here in way back when. And he had a show, and he was like a talk show host. What's his producer. name? I can't remember. Something Templeton. I don't remember what. And his mother was also very big. Know that she was on. Like Ty grew up with like prime ministers dropping by for lunch, right? And like uh, like Wayne and Schuster coming and like hanging out at their house and stuff. Because that, that was one thing I asked him. I said, "Tell me if the urban legend's true." Because uh, Wayne and Schuster, for our American listeners, is an old kind of a Smothers Brothers yeah, style. I was gonna say, it's like the Canadian Smothers Canadian Brothers. Smothers right? Brothers. Yeah. But Schuster, uh, Frank Schuster. Is cousins with Joe Schuster, creator of Superman. Yeah. Which I never knew if that was just a whatever, and he confirmed. He's like 100 percent true. They used to come by, draw Superman and stuff. Huh. Yeah. Right. So he's got this come rich, rich history, and that's what we ended up talking about. Because I didn't know it went all this in depth. He's yeah. Like, oh yeah, there's this, and I haven't even mentioned comic books, yeah. right? So I need to sit down with him and get, get the other. He's side a bundle of energy. I've only really met him a couple times. Cons and stuff. So I didn't okay. take the class. Okay. Right. I, right. I'm one of the people who found out about the whole class through people talking about it. Sure. Yeah. Comics. Yeah. Toronto comics. And uh, I think Stephanie or someone introduced me at the con. And, you know, we talked a little bit. I think she's as good as Dave. Oh just yeah. Do well, she's stuff. she's she's. I think she's just that way about everyone, though. In it's some true. ways. She's, so she's like a big yeah, yeah a big yeah. bundle of love. Absolutely. She's now the uh, artist in residence at Alter Space. Yes, yeah, so I heard that. Every comic book day you go, and she's sitting there drawing up a store. You know, Good so, for her. Yeah. Plus, that's another thing we're spoiled about. We're talking about cons. How many shops, shops. we have? And good shops. Yes, I know people in, in the States, in certain states, like I think it's Idaho, my one buddy, he's got to drive over an hour to the closest comic shop. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got like five within. 15 minutes of it. I got altered states, I got comic connection, yeah. I got conspiracy, uh, they're all right there. Mm -hmm. And I think Sh Labyrinth is right Labyrinth, across yeah. from, that's probably a lot to do with Sheridan, that there's so many art shops around. But even there. still, anywhere you are in the city, there's some kind of a good comic shop. And yeah. so many of them, like this may just be the, the fact of how the business is going, but so many of them are, are not like the comic book guy shop, where you right. go in and it's just some 
weirdly awkward introverted guy who's scowling at your purchases because you bought something that was you know right. outside his realm of what he thinks is cool yes. you know it's shops where you go in and they're clean and people can talk to you and they're like what are you what are you interested in i have right. good suggestions for that let's yeah. like, which used to be like 15 years ago it was like you would go to i guess the snail yeah yeah paradise Paradise, the Island, that's it? Yeah. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little, like, and that was all downtown. And you want You were outside of downtown? Right, yeah. And we're not new. Like, like uh, no. Walter States, I think we're year 26. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a bunch like, of places those like guys that. Have been going since, I think they just opened that shop when they were like 19. <laughs> and I was 13 when I started going to that shop. Mm. And out back, they had couches and ramps and stuff. Yeah. And that's where we went to skateboard. Huh. So we would spend the afternoon skateboarding because they've been in that's a like four locations in this one block area. And they were in this one place. I'll tell this story quick. Uh, Inverness, uh, Inverhouse Plaza in Clarkson. Okay. Uh, they were in there and they had a Rubicon grill next to them. Right. Somebody arsoned it and <laughs> lit the place up. Right. The stove uh, that was in there, it blew up so hard, it shot from the inner house out on the Lakeshore Road, Whoa. through the window. Yeah. That wall that got on fire, oh. on the other side, no. is Altered State's classic book wall. Oh. Not only that, that happened to be the weekend, they decided to rebag the whole backlog. So all their comics are out, oh. sitting yeah. there, yeah. and just smoke damage. They lost two hundred thousand comic books okay yeah 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 real harsh um they are smiling though because you obviously insurance is a good thing for for comic right so they got another location right down the street and you know these this kind of shop that knows their clients so well that their ordering is down to the t so they don't waste anything yeah so that's how they're very successful yeah right but Oh my god. Just smoke damage. Gone crazy. You know? Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, so. It's like a kick in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Comics burning. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally right. Uh, so, uh. That's a horror story. Yeah. Hogtown Horror. Who came up with that? I honestly don't remember who came up with that. I'm gonna, no, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those Hello. guys are here. I did. I was like, you know what would be a good name? Um, I, I'm gonna explain that quick uh, to any listeners who don't understand why Toronto is yeah. called Hogtown. Way back in the day, right downtown Toronto, there was like four or five slaughterhouses. Pig sla- yeah. yeah, just pure egg slaughter. Shipped them in from the outskirts. Yeah. And that's one trade. of the reasons. Yeah, and uh, one of the reasons that uh, at the St. Lawrence Market there, yep. uh, there's one booth left that sells the original meal on a bun. Oh, I actually right. went to that recently. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is such a Canadian thing. It's a good thing on a bun. Out of the fact that you know the formula and everything keeps it longer, mm-hmm. and that's all they did. They had so much pig, they could just eat that all the time. Yeah, yeah. It became like a Toronto state. So hence, Toronto becoming hog town. Mm-hmm. The big smoke. I don't know where that one came from. I don't know. I don't think of that smoke here. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the Toronto nicknames, I think, are just based on uh, like outsider jealousy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's weird. I don't know anybody who's like, okay, yes, Toronto's great, and yeah. I love Toronto, but I don't feel like people necessarily from Toronto go around talking shit about the rest of the country. 
the way that the rest of the country yeah, goes around talking shit about, about us. Well, it's the big kids, right? But, I guess, yeah. You, know, you always big take big a shot at the big guy, yeah, right? Absolutely. Look, I love Montreal. I've been to Calgary. I like Calgary. I've not been to Montreal. I went for the first time this year. Okay, good. Yeah, I feel better. The first time. Life, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 40 next what am I, year. Yeah, and same. I've never been. Yeah, and I feel the shame. It's four hours away. But I'm a yeah. border. I'm from England, so. Are you really? You're a Canadian. You're born here. Ah, uh, huh. Since I was like 18 months old, something like that. Okay, so really young. Right on. Hence the lack of charming accent. <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah. I've been here basically. I'm Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the hip concert. I cried. Like. Oh. You know, I've never been a hip fan. I've never been a and huge hip fan, but it doesn't matter. You yeah. couldn't help but feel that. That was, that was something, you know? And I was watching these people in America try to describe it to their viewers on some show. So the closest thing they could come up with is Springsteen. Yeah, I was trying to do that on Facebook, just I mean, trying to explain to other people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to explain it because there's nobody I can think of in other places because I think they were ours because they were like a secret. People outside don't really hear about so them. They tried to. They tried. It's, it's not like they tried break. It's not something. like they didn't go around. No, yeah, they yeah. toured. They they did their lives. It's just, it's just a matter of like whatever. They were too Canadian to be elsewhere. Somebody said, you know, well, what about you two? And I was like, you two are too big outside of no, like, yeah. right? They're, they're a world band now. Yes, exactly. Right, like right. the world owns them. Right, right. right. So there's yeah. nobody who's like that because if you're not from there, you're not going to know. Yeah. Crazy, it's weird. And it's sad because there's no one to really step into those shoes. It's Drake. It's Drake. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Oh, that's, that's, I feel uh, like I have to apologize for the end of the video on Kickstarter where somebody told me to do a take where I, I refer to the Toronto as the six. Oh, you did it, did you? <laughs> and I did it dutifully, and I watched the video and I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was walking the annex yesterday and shop that just opened up and it, it's the, the six electronics and it's now it's really become it's become a thing. thing it's an actual thing, thing. I'm sorry yeah. I'll I'll yeah. 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 kids you probably hear those coins are popping they're getting Super ready style in the background there yeah. uh, that means things are about to wrap up at the sidekick please please come down to the sidekick it's awesome Leslieville right on Queen Street here right near Leslie this place is fantastic. The people who work here are fantastic. And yeah. all you come on down. It's good times. Uh, special thanks to Chris for letting us come on down and do this. And thanks to you guys for getting together. Uh, I'm trying to do this more because it's been Skype for so many years. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so much more fun to come down here and do this face to face. Exactly. And we'll actually have a good conversation. So, uh, Hawktown Horror. Kickstarter's on right now. Downboard.com. Yeah. Get there. Bump you straight to the Kickstarter until the, for the duration. Awesome. Yep. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, kids, for that us. is all we're going to have this week on an elegant weapon. Take it easy.